0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 35. Glad you guys can uh, join us, take a little time out of your day, Um, listen to what I have to say, listen to what other people have to say. I'm uh, back from New York, finally. I spent a week there with the family, um, hanging out with friends, eating way too much, drinking way too much, surfing way too little. Uh, I was especially bummed out that there was a little pulse that came through Southern California, especially some of my favorite spots around LA (laughs) while I was gone. And uh, I tried to catch the tail end of it and there was a day or two um, after I got back that I caught some fun logging waves. But again, it's uh, back to, you know, summer flat conditions and uh, onshore winds (laughs) right after the sun comes up. Um, but I hope you guys got the score. I hope you guys have been having fun uh, out there. Uh, let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, uh, volume 35. Check us out on Instagram, at Crew. Make sure to check out our page at Crew.podbean.com as well as our full episode description on your iTunes player for tracks we're playing, links to things we're talking about, and links pertaining to people we're talking with. Uh, this week, we're talking with uh, Cyrus Sutton. Cyrus Sutton's a surfer, a famed filmmaker, responsible for Corduroy television, which a lot of us have watched to like, learn how to make board bags and uh, other things. Uh, He's also made some amazing eco documentaries. We also talk about the situation developing over at Waikiki and uh, Dive Oahu taking over the Beach Boy stands there. A lot of people have been writing about it, talking about it. I want to kind of give my two cents on it and uh, what I think about it. And this week we have short takes as usual. Um, this week's short takes, we have uh, footage from the duct tape invitational in Spain that someone posted. Uh, some talk about the uh, nine foot and single event that Dave's puts on in ba- Bali that's happening right now. And also an event uh, called uh, It Does not Not Work. It's a Shaper event that's happening in, in New York in, at the Rockways. Um, so we're going to talk about that. But I'm not gonna keep you guys too long. Uh, This is a long episode, so I'm gonna get into some tracks and then check in with you guys in a little bit. Peace.
1: Time to dip, dive, dip. You might break your hip to the sound. That's legit. I come to make a hit. I usually bust scratches for my brother, how smooth. But I decided to get wrecked on this groove. As I provide this slide, you're going on a ride. I know the weather's nice. There's no need to play the outside. Guess who's on the flyer? The man of your desire, Pete Rock, and how smooth. All the honey dipped admire. Beats are rough and rugged. Pete Rock is the creator. Now I'm busting raps as well, as switching cross faders, making sure my sound hits from here to Grenada. Honey gave me skins, man. I told her friends I ate her. Oh wait i I'll save the subject for later. But it's time to get wrecked with the creator. The creator. The creator. I'm addicted like a stove, not into bone. Yo, Pete, there's a girl on the phone on a hole, cause I'm busy kicking rhymes to the rhythm. Fortify was sold, cause that's what I give them. Honey's for my line, cause I always seem to capture. Beats made a rupture, rhymes made a rapture. Far from illiterate, always seem to get a hit. If you try to step to this, don't even consider it. Skins when I want them, but only when I eat them. To set the record straight, I'll be damn if I eat them, call me Pete Brock. I make the girls flop, and if you wanna beat like this, I got 'em in stock. So flow with the flow, cause you know I'm good to go as I proceed to get wrecked on your stereo. Not an imitator, just a crowd motivator, but it's time to get wrecked with the creator. Creator, creator. Cut it up like this. Right to left. Right to left. Now I'ma take a try and get a piece of the pie if they give me one sec to get some wreck. Filled with anger, a good body banger If you try to step to this, you'll get hung on my anger Before I say goodbye, suckers gave a good try But point blank, you just can't see this My word is beneficial, P-Rock is the issue And I know you know my style is official I might give a scratch yes cousin. Or I might kick a verse no Either or I can't be seen, honey Call me tall and lean, and if you care to stick around I'll show you what I mean Not an imitator, just a crowd motivator But it's time to get wrecked with the creator The creator, the creator. To get wrecked with the creator. Get wrecked with the creator. The creator. See us move, it busy.
2: nigga Yeah, look at the city. Huh. Got all my niggas with me. Yeah. You know that they get busy. Let's ride, nigga. Yeah. Yeah. You niggas know how oh, many check it out. Yeah,
3: they try to check just... out. No, all my fans say fuck you in the fan mail. Cause I had they main girl on a handheld. I'll go to the store, they try to pop my fan bell, then i body them in the street like call. rap, I'm a big dude, so yeah, I got bars like a gym room, boy, I'm that dirty, so tell a rap jury, that tennis, the only way a nigga gon' serve me, my black Mac Bernie, I even Mac Siri, shit, I'm killin' the mic like Conrad Murray, get your weight up, boy, you wanna hustle with it, even my protein bars got muscle in it, pop my trunk, pop yours, nothing in it, I'm cool, so hold up, wait a minute, let's go!
2: Yeah. Yeah. They tryna take my spot I'm loaded, but ready to spit a burst. Uh-huh. On haters, I'm loaded, be ready to get his hearse. I'm about to serve a notice. If hollem don't get him first, send him down to unemployment. Cause homie gon' get this work. Hot right. bins, every honey gets top ten. If she hops in, then more than likely we not friends. Look, I'm locked in. Hit you like Skelly, get top spin. First I pop, then I'm out like Pirelli's on stock rims. Flies in the game, still applying the pain. Said milk was top billing and light was riding the train. These paper thin villains get scraped and thrown in the plane. 85% and the rappers is faking, so is they chain Now that's a no-brainer, 36 in my chamber Now I'm a moment the silence, I throw a L up a banger Lyrics is not a singer, don't ever forget his thanks The ladies, they get the thumbs up, coppers just get the finger But love, huh. I'm looking in the mirror i say it to myself, that's a fly nigga Yeah, all of Mr. city, huh. got all my niggas with me yeah. You know that they get busy, let's ride nigga Da, 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 da you niggas know I'm hot. Ride, da 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 da
4: Took me 24 years to figure out what makes this world go round It's not a man holding ground with dope sound We got to ask, why do you feel that a meal can make you real When you know that bro Bill can steal See right through your plastic ass Before crack was a sport and we had thoughts of getting busy Before death left and fame met his wrist. Brownsville, the Brownsville, the hill, follow the trail of fresh blood drips you will end up on my bricks home of the warrior throne home True thugs, that's dead and gone. In the hills, most effective prone. We turn these pages, showing you youngsters what our faces. We had trouble. We've been struggling with the single shot gauges. That's straight, dead on bad luck. But I don't pass up most shit than you may ever touch. What? We on shaky grounds. Without the guidance of our fathers. All we know is how to double clutch revolvers. Me and my old staff found a different path. I'm trying to give Shania and your Highness the finest. A kick kicking half. Honest to God. I'm laying down my card. Been hard for too many years, nigga. Blood, Blood sweat, sweat,
5: and tears. Man, I got something to say. Blood, sweat, MOP fans.
4: Blood, sweat, when we went to the death, even knew we wasn't dead and gone. We come all the way from New, New, New York City. Hear me.
2: Maybe. But as time passed, I see my life flash Leaving the body in the no breath I can feel it. I you. chose not to let my Beretta swing Cause I'm a veteran And I'm living for the better things It's cold hearted, B Check the majority you are black, They slinging cracks, living in poverty It's a life testament What you got to do is live what your life given Make the best of it Try to see the rest of it drop down you put down yours but i'm gonna keep mine i'm gonna keep mine nigga uncle sam don't drop his shit for nobody so nobody ain't taking my shit from me so while you house niggas is fighting for the limelight i'll be down here with my niggas underground dirty holding my house niggas Swift in the place to be from the same man who bought you the bitches. The bitches, the bitches, the bitches. We were misunderstood. Last
6: time we brought you the bitches. The bitches, the bitches. Now we're gonna clear it up and let you make up your own mind like this. This, this. now what we Queen, and a whore is a whore. She felt if she made me wait, I'd have more respect for her. Adore her. Eventually spending up my digits. She felt that love would make me buy her man material shit. She likes to trick them, Cause ain't nothing like a sleeping victim. East New York style stick them. Ha, ha, ha. Stick top rated game. But if this game I played it, underestimated. swore the king was checkmated. She claims she loves my mind. Cause I'm so intelligent. But fuck my mental. She was scheming on my mint, Evil intentions. Too deep. The fun. She tried to jux me with the pussy, said fuck the mask and gun. I was a fool to fall in lust with this evil genius. She had me by the nuts, she ain't got shit, but man, she loves it flush. Whipping, I whip, and sucking up, I cannabis. Back in the days, I wore the scraper for this caper, but I realized it wasn't me, it was the paper. Let me kick you about. The digits that I've collected, long distance and disconnected, is getting hectic. Before my record, they didn't show it, but now they throw it, hoping that they'll get drunk off more wet or crystal But that's not my particular style and taste. My name ain't puffin', I ain't got loot to waste. I ain't got time to waste. Bad bitches is all up in my face, crazy, ignorant, sweating links, mix and shit, cosmetic. But deep down, derelict, fake players never get out the projects. It's pathetic the way she bends for dividends. I try the jeweler but she tried to get a drink at the end of our conversation i did not have the patience slid off to the next asian she said what you do i said what she said you know your occupation so i broke the fuck out in 1996 that's what it's all about but i won't go that route Back in the days, bitch said it was the vapors, but today I realize that it's the papers. Cause ain't no fiends coming in between me and my dreams, see what I mean, black. I guess the, the paper Cause ain't no fiends coming in between me and my dreams, see what I mean, black. I guess the paper is Cause ain't no fiends coming in between me and my dreams, see what I mean, black. I guess the paper is the, the, the paper, Now a horse find a queen and she'll be my earth respect love and protector for all that it's worth i admit i have flaws i flips it first but deep down i wish to give them the universe a lot of the ones that i thought was right wasn't i built what i fool he said don't sweat it because they come a dime a dozen like my ex-stunt wanted a diamond bitches love power while queens love refinement no stress environment oh age and retirement never have to wonder where my money went my honey went is her back, get twisted by the next fella. Always say heed the what I tell her. When I'm wrong, she lets me know I need correction. When I'm right, she's my reflection. Still, we use protection through thick and thin. Thin and thick, She's my diamond in the rough, not a whore a trick. Great expectations of me and she building nations. Everything we do when skyscraping. Back in the days, the devil used to rape her. Nowadays, he got her chasing the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Cause ain't no fiends coming in between me and my dreams. See what I mean, black, I just the paper. Cause, the roots, Cause ain't no fiends coming in between me and my dreams dream see what i mean black i guess the paper just the beans. Cause ain't no fiends coming in between me and my dreams see what i mean black i guess the paper just the beans. Cause ain't no fiends coming in between me and my dreams. see what i mean black i kiss the paper just the people
0: Welcome back to volume 35 of the Bodega Board Crew podcast. Hope you've been digging the tracks. Um, Wanted to put in that Method Man, Red Man track, right? Um, It's a track that circulates a lot when people are like, (laughs) like to talk about how much hip hop sucks today. um, Because it's a decently recent track showing how two MCs from the golden era of hip hop are still relevant today. If you allow them to be, if you give them an opportunity. I know Red Man has a new album coming out, so I can't wait to hear that. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 35. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as your full description of this episode on your iTunes player that has track listings, uh, links to things we're talking about, and links pertaining uh, to people we're talking with. Uh, this week, we were able to sit down with Cyrus Sutton after he came back from the Mexi Log Fist. Um, Cyrus is an amazing surfer and filmmaker. I've been a fan of his work um, ever since seeing all the stuff he did on corduroy. Um, And I went to a screening of Island Earth uh, at the Patagonia store uh, months ago. Maybe it was even a year ago. Might have been, well, might have been a year ago. And uh, I love that movie. I think it's great. His work is amazing. Um, and I wanted to sit down with him and talk about, you know, what's going on with corduroy, what's going on with surfing, seeing that he was being at, being at the Mexi log fest, I wanted to know what his take was on it. So here's the interview and I hope you guys enjoy. Where were you born and where did you grow up?
7: I was born in orange County and I grew up in orange County. Okay. And then I moved down to San Diego right after high school.
0: Okay. Uh, um, and how did you get into surfing?
7: My dad, my dad was a 60 surfer. And oh, cool. Um, he just t- would take me down to the trail south of Sano. Uh-huh. Um, like every weekend, I was with him. My parents divorced when I was one, so that was kind of like our thing to do. Oh, cool. And I also live right near Seal Beach, so I grew up oh, okay. surfing there and went to the Corky Carroll Surf Camp. <laughs> oh, really? In Bolsa Chica and wore a blue gaff helmet. <laughs> my mom thought I was going to get some kind of head injury.
0: Yeah, meanwhile, you get sicker from the water itself than I get a head injury. Uh, yeah. There. Yeah. Um, did you start logging right from the bat?
7: Yeah, my dad was um, a longboarder, uh-huh. and I just rode his extra board, a Dennis Chode. Oh, um, cool! He got it from uh, his business partner, is Josh farrow's dad. Oh, so that's interesting. He got boards from him, and um, yeah, we just kind of got into it from there, and yeah, just donut runs on the way to the beach, and tacos afterwards, and all day in the sand, and that was growing up.
0: Oh, awesome. And you got, uh, later on, you got into competitive longboarding a bit?
7: Yeah, I did. How and did that happen? Um, Gosh, that's, I haven't thought about that. I don't know. I think it was just kind of what the kids were doing back then. I think I my first contest was a Sano Santa Club contest.
0: And what year was that about?
7: Oof. Um, I don't know, like 1995 or six or something. So that's
0: still when like, logging was kind of like it wasn't a big thing. Like,
7: Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't. It was just something that my dad did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I remember the first contest. I think Ryan Angle won, and I got sixth. I got to the final. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just so fun to surf um, old mans with only six guys out. Oh, my God, yeah and I got <laughs> I don't think it's, it's ever been like that. yeah it was it was super cool and the swell was good and I was watching all the guys like Brendan White and, and Ripping and yeah it was fun
0: was it was it hard at that time to find other people that were into that into logging
7: uh, no there was actually a really talented crew of guys um, called the Bruce Jones crew uh-huh. and when Bruce was alive he had um, this crew of longboard surfers that rode us boards that would we'd all go up and down the coast and do club contests and sleep in the back of our cars and eat at Taco Bell and uh, surf all day and they were they were really good they were some of the best kids for their age on the coast who
0: who were some of those people?
7: uh, people you wouldn't have heard of now a guy named Jody Lemon Greg Uh Irwin um, Cody Faircloth Uh um, yeah just just these guys who surfed really well, who never kind of um, followed that. They got normal jobs, but I was just trying to keep up with them. Uh-huh. I was a little younger. And they're
0: all riding, like, like traditional, like, single fin?
7: Dodger, Kreml. Um, yeah, a lot of 2 plus 1s. Because that was
0: just the era, right? That's, like, what?
7: Yeah, I mean, a lot of 2 plus one kind of nose rider, 2 plus 1s, and single fins. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were surfing beach breaks, you know, uh-huh. so but um we take day trips up to Malibu and uh, I just remember having so many lunches at Taco Bell or not Taco <laughs> Bell what was it Jack in a box That's and That's over just there. Yeah. Sitting getting milkshakes and just sitting on the beach all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So when when did you like was that when you were doing the competition stuff was it just more like hey this is fun or were you really looking at it as like oh wow this is kind of career e or you know
7: how, how did you look at it when you were doing it yeah I mean I I just thought it was fun in the beginning my dad um had a big in, impact on me in terms of you know you want to be you, you look up to your dad and you want to right. be like your dad and um and I was really into baseball mm-hmm. um I was try on a traveling team and pitching coach and all oh, these wow. different things and um, but he got a job in Japan to be an exchange professor in landscape architecture. He teaches at Cal Poly or taught. He just retired. And he bailed. And he left for about four or five years from the time I was 12 to 18. Oh, wow. And I went over there to live. Uh-huh. Um, but I, uh, I didn't like it. The, the experience was, was amazing. And I look back on it fondly now, but it was really tough. I was without my mom. Um, Where in Japan? It was uh, Fukuoka, which is the north, northern end of the southern island of Kyushu.
8: Okay.
7: Um, he taught at the Kyushu Institute of Design, and, and, and going to school every day entailed um, a bike ride, 15 minute bike ride to the Shinkansen of the bullet train, bullet train to the subway, subway to another bike ride. It ended up oh being like two hours each way. Oh, come on no, that's and, no. and there was, like, five hours of homework. And no, no, no. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> no like, not as a kid. Like, no. Yeah, it was a shock. No, no, it's, <laughs> like, no. That's, like, something that, like, even adults, like, when adults do, like, crazy, like, two hours each way commuting, I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> like, you can't even do that. Yeah. And then homework on top of that. Like, no way. Yeah. So
7: then you came back. Um, so the reason I brought that up is because I came back... Uh, obsessed with surfing I think it's I've kind of come to grips with it now but I I felt like I didn't you know surfing was in northern Orange County and Seal Beach and Long Beach it was this sort of hall pass of belonging it was something that that people valued and I was an only child I was a shade darker my parents weren't uh, religious and I didn't have a dad Mm. Um, and I lost my dad for that period of time so I had this like obsession with surfing as a way to fit in and belong, and maybe never be left again by somebody you know that I I, I cared about. So I had this like total drive. I would go to Longboard Grotto, which is now Surfy Surfy. Yeah. Um, you know, the the same space as Surfy Surfy in North County San Diego, and and get all old videos, these little obscure VHS tapes. They had a whole back room filled with them, like limited run 50 round VHS tapes, and I'd get two VCRs and make dubs of all the favorite sections of my longboard parts, and then I'd get of the different riders that I liked. And then I got an auxiliary cord at, at um, Radio Shack and put my own soundtrack and just would have, we'd have these, you know, we'd record long modes. We'd have these like four hour tapes. Oh my God. And that was my homework, you know? So it's like
0: deck to deck. Kind of like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. I, d- I don't miss those days. That's how like we used to make our skateboarding videos. No I- Like, <laughs> so I know that feeling where it's like you had to have that that super precise finger, like, and if you messed up, you're like, oh man, I don't want to even go back, like, to t- do the timing, oh Jesus, yeah. but that's pretty amazing, like, so you were, you were editing video, like, for your own consumption, at, like, an early age.
7: Yeah, I mean, I was just splicing together s- segments, um, I didn't know that that's what I would wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I was just trying to get better at surfing, yeah
0: and how did how did you um, get into how did the progression from like surfing to to doing film how did that happen
7: yeah well um, let's see I mean my I started doing more contests Um, Devin Howard we used to work at Longboard Magazine and Mm -hmm. he got me my first sponsor which Um, was it was Hang 10 it's basically was a the brand the owned that and Lightning Bolt, and it was just this like conglomerate based out of Poway in San, inland San Diego that bought the, the license um, for the names, and they needed some young people, and so um, they hit up Devin and, and he recommended me, and so that I had a, a travel budget, and one of the places I went was Samoa. Oh wow! And we went there to shoot a video for Opera Sports, and. Uh, Ira Auper's, um videos and I think it was in like Super Slide or something like that and uh, I got staph infection when I was there. I could cool. hit the reef and a piece of coral embedded itself in my foot so I got I, the, the doctors didn't know so I got uh, prescribed progressively gnarlier antibiotics for a year and I was every time I go in the water my joints would swell up again. Holy so God. I had to figure out something else to do And I started cleaning pools um, and saved the money and bought, there was a a local guy named Travis Carrion who was making these um, longboard videos Mm -hmm. in Orange County. And I was like, whoa, somebody my age or younger than, he was like a year younger than me, still in high school, is making these videos and I was so obsessed with consuming that, Mm -hmm. um, that I was like, whoa, maybe I'll make a film And so i just became obsessed with filmmaking i enrolled at a junior college i just graduated from high school took filmmaking classes and um had a bunch of free time and i was doing the pstas which is like the longboard pro tour Mm -hmm. in north america and surfing around like dane reynolds and surfing with joel tudor and so first i hit up joel to do a section at cardiff reef and um I had this whole, like, you know, idea in my head of what I wanted it to be. I made that. Um, I ran into Rob Machado at the back of Longboard Grotto looking for VHS tapes. He was looking (laughs) at retro boards because it had this old, this, like, the only place you could find, like, 70 single fins. Mm -hmm. He walked in with his daughter. I somehow got, through JP at Surfy Surfy, I got, and his friend Christian, I got this VHS tape that I cut of Joel surfing to Rob. He watched it. He called me now all of a sudden Dane Reynolds um, Joel Tudor and Rob Machado were involved and then I got and then Donovan Frankenreiter heard Rob was involved and then I, I did something with uh, the end part was with John Peck who yeah. I was doing club contests with and he was this like trippy old dude in the van you know yeah. so that was the first film Yeah. and
0: which is that part at the end is like I think like one of my favorite parts to like watch of all time. Like to be honest like <laughs> it's just like awesome him and his personality and you really capture like you really captured him and his personality and his surfing like so well. Um, and that, that film obviously got like a lot of it kind of blew up in a lot of ways.
7: Well Taylor Steele um, saw a rough cut and he distributed it and that was at the time when you could make like really good money on mm-hmm. a surf film. It's before the internet. You know, How old were you too. when you did that? Uh, 19
0: so you are really young to put that kind of movie out
7: that was 2003
0: and what were you guys what was it selling on DVD basically
7: VHS and DVD okay
0: yeah because yeah. VHS was still kind of it lingering it was away. just
7: at the end of, of VHS
0: which is crazy to think that you have to make like <laughs> those two different versions of it in a way <laughs> totally <laughs> which is like, <laughs> like oh great um, that much stupid and stuff uh, and that re- so what what kind of reception did you get to that uh, from that
7: Oh, it was amazing. It was kind of blew me away in terms of, you know, all of a sudden I got an agent and, at CAA and in L.A. and um, I made a lot of money. I moved into an apartment in La Jolla and my parents were breathing down my neck. My whole family is like college professors were all breathing down my neck to go to school. Yeah. And this was kind of like my stake in the ground of like, no, <laughs> like I'm look, making, I can do. I'm making I more money than you guys, you know. So like, like oh, that
0: thing is cool. Yeah, I don't need to do that. <laughs>
7: give me a little longer leash. So, yeah, I did that, and um, it hasn't been wine and roses, you know. After that, but um, it it was a, a really tough like ten years after that. But um, that that got me into filmmaking, you know, and that that totally changed. I had no idea. I didn't like art. My mom's an artist, my dad's an artist, and I despised it. I grew up going to gallery openings and thinking it was all, I don't know, I, it just felt disingenuous in some way. and um, Pretentious or just Yeah, fake? pretentious and fake. It just felt like, I don't know, what's the point? You know? Yeah. And, and like anything your parents do, you just don't think it's cool. Mm-hmm. So I didn't... But then when I picked up a camera, like this whole all this stuff came pouring out of me. All this passion. I could barely sleep. I was just like obsessed. Obsessed. Yeah. But in a in a in a a way that wasn't that felt a lot better than trying to fit in and be a good surfer. It was like something that felt like I grew up doing creative writing. Mm-hmm. I went to creative writing camps, and it felt like a, like a more egalitarian means of expression, you know, like the fact that anybody could watch it. Like reading something, writing something for people to read, as like a nineteen-year-old, mm-hmm. like who's gonna read it, you know? But yeah. this was something that I could like, you know, share in a way that people would watch.
0: And do you think? Do you think the story, the aspect of like being able to storytell in such a digestible way, was something that really turned you on?
7: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, yeah, yeah
0: yeah because that's like a hard thing right like like to tell a story through art or like you're saying through writing like like who's gonna write you know but like with film you know especially the, the, the type of work you do it's like you could very much like tell this like narrative and inspire people and stuff like that
7: yeah so. I'd, I'd written a couple articles in Longboard Magazine because that was like the big magazine yeah um, for me um, and, and they were I, they were
0: based out of San Diego County
7: they were based in San Clemente oh they were okay. yeah yeah. So. Yeah, it was, it was an ex- exciting time. You know, it was, it was really fun.
0: Now, how how soon after that did you do decide to do corduroy?
7: Um, it was like eight years after that. Okay. I had made a couple films that had either fallen through or gotten delayed, um, and I had got gotten pretty disillusioned with the filmmaking thing. I didn't follow up with. All that, a lot of the LA stuff, and was relegated to just doing like PA Uh work and directing some stuff. But I didn't ever feel motivated, or I'd rather kind of starve in my van and eat, you know, bean cans and and camp in the desert to try to do surfing stuff because it just filled me up so much more than Mm -hmm. all the stuff that was happening that I was participating in in LA. Um, and I was kind of at the at this crux of like, you know, do I go back to school, and you know, like my parents are right, or I was kind of thinking like I'm gonna take one last stab at doing something in surfing, and I knew how to make films, and the DSLR camera had just come out, mm-hmm. which has they had this incredible, I mean. I made my first film because the uh, access to telling like Max had just gotten good, like Final Cut Pro just got mm-hmm. good enough. You could you get a three chip um, mini DV camera yeah. and like not that for not, not not that much money. Yeah, and you could tell a story. You could make something that was engaging. Before it was like the was tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you Enter couldn't port. afford
0: that equipment. Like no. nobody could. Oh. No way.
7: So there's like another, it happened again with like the DSLR camera where we were just basically broke and going to Costco and abusing their like 90 day return policy and getting the DSLRs out there. I've heard this a
0: zillion times, hard drives and stuff where you like borrow hard drives you're like, oh, it didn't work. I didn't
7: want it. It wasn't, yeah, (laughs) we didn't do hard drives, but um, yeah, we're just bootstrapping it. And so I had no business plan. We started a blog and I got, I like hoodwinked people i i got i put posts on craigslist and just got people in oh, really? town to like participate and so i put this little crew together uh-huh. and we just started this blog we made over 400 short films and i don't know how many thousands of blog posts and um and it started taking off and we got sponsors and mm-hmm. made a film called stoked and broke a lot of quarter was inspired by surfing around cardiff you know, with this guy Ryan Birch and um, Eric Snortum yeah, and they were kind of partners in crime and shaping Elias and shaping their own boards and ripping on short boards or kind of NSA kids mm-hmm. who expanded their repertoire, and um, and so I did a film with him called Stoked and Broke, and then that did really well, and I felt like all of a sudden momentum was back. Um, Um, but I didn't really know what I was going to do with it I was kind of pouring trying to figure out ways to monetize or make money on Mm corduroy and um, and then reef um, um, came to me wanting to wanting to sponsor me which was at the time that they were doing a completely different thing they didn't have any long borders so I didn't get back to them or think take it seriously for a year and then they followed up and Cause at that point I wasn't trying to be a pro surfer. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was almost 30 Yeah. and I'd given that up when I was 20 to make films and I hadn't been surfing a ton. I'd been working in LA a lot and surfing on the side and, and so, yeah, all of a sudden now, okay, less film, less entrepreneurial kind of side hustles and I can breathe a little easier and just go surfing. Um, So anyway, I, I don't know I'll probably run over your question but.
0: no 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 this is for you to whatever you want to talk about but um, because I like corduroy like for me is like one of the best resources like I love like 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 whenever I like type in like oh how to make surf wax it's like your guys video like pops at the top like all those videos like how do you make it like how do you make a like a bag for a board bag it's like boom like that tutorial like I think it's, it's it's like one of the most amazing resources that lives on for surfing and for this community and those videos that you guys have put up are like they're referenced by a zillion people like you always see them popping up on blogs and stuff like that um, are you are you doing any it's it basically like what it, you just stop producing for it or
7: well yeah I mean it, it turned into something where we were going to do a clothing line uh-huh. um, uh, I was actually talking with John Moore who ended up doing Outer Known with Kelly um, but then obviously that came up for him and I didn't really want to make clothes, you know. I just felt like uh, there's enough clothes in the world. There's, yeah. you know, it's like, what, what am I doing? And then I got involved with a story, a documentary um, in Hawaii called Island Earth that just like ate up three years of my life. I mean, yeah. It,
0: how did how did what was how did that start? Like, how did that whole project start?
7: Um, I'd just gone over to Hawaii for a really long time uh-huh. um, as a kid and only seen the surf side, but known there was some sort of heavy energy there that sick culture that I didn't grow up with here mm-hmm. and um, when I learned about it I went to I took a permaculture class I got into gardening because my dad was landscape architect and, and taught organic gardening in the 70s and so I learned in this class about the Hawaiian agricultural system mm-hmm. and it just it hit me that they had their like means of Calorie and nutrient production so down um, that they had leisure time to surf. Like that's what, because they had their basic means of survival taken care of, they had time to hula and party and and go surfing. And I, I'd always a lot of my work the undercurrent of it is like time and money, and because surfing is such an incredibly, uh, you know, it's 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 something you do when you. you you have to be healthy to do it right you have to be rested to do it well I mean I guess healthy and rested to do it well
0: energy you have to have like the energy
7: like you have to have the energy and you have to have good you know you have to have food and shelter and all these things and that those I just watched from the time I was a kid that contract in America and so yeah I was just you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, if I ever want to have kids and I want them to surf and I want them to be in like a clean ocean environment or have even the time um, to surf, like there's, I had some bigger questions. And I was, insp- you know, I was inspired by what they did and, and also Dustin Barca started posting things about the way Hawaii is being used now in agriculture and I thought, wow, that's a interesting foil between what could be and what is happening now mm-hmm. and how these companies are, are poisoning or have been poisoning Hawaii and communities and and it's taking place in this beautiful setting and will allow me to you know, shoot some beautiful footage and be in Hawaii and learn about a side of Hawaii I haven't before. But anyway so that took up my corduroy time you know and I, I had a team but it didn't with a couple of our big business plans fell through and it just never every time we would go down the, the path of like okay So, here's how you monetize a website. You need to create, like, pop-up ads and you need to do, Mm -hmm. like, shark stories to get engagement Mm -hmm. and, like, all this stuff that I thought was just, it just felt, I was allergic to the thought of it. It didn't feel like that's what Quartero was about.
0: No, that doesn't seem like it's the ethos of what you guys were doing at all.
7: So, I just, it's basically, at the end of the day, it was a really lovingly done project for a very kind of small and underground niche at the time Mm -hmm. where there wasn't a lot of I mean there were sponsor dollars and stuff like that but it wasn't it just it was for us very select group of people so I've done a cutback on it and um, I was actually down in the Mexi Log Fest Um, I just got back yesterday and just talking with guys like CJ and you know all the young guys at Sano and um, people from all over the world, hearing, I haven't connected. I've 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 since moved to Washington State. Mm-hmm. I surf alone a lot, and I've hit out from. Don't do contests. I did my first contest in fifteen years just <laughs> That's last much week. A yeah, and I'm
0: sure. I'm sure you're not like that contest. I'm sure you're not the only person that like yeah. hadn't done contests in a while because that effect seems like. It brought everyone
7: together. Yeah, well I went down to Mexico this winter to visit with Lola and her mom down in, in s and I met Israel, the guy who puts yeah. it on. And um I just was we just hit it off. He's just such a great guy. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, I wanna do that. I wanna see what it's about and sort the left, you know. Yeah, so and then, so you're yeah,
0: like, Yeah, there's, there's not a lot like, of yeah. low logging contest that are
7: on the left. Yeah. Um So yeah, but anyway, I just going down there I, I got re inspired and I'm thinking about starting it up again actually, but this time, doing it without sponsorship and just completely donation-based, and having it not putting the pressure on myself to make a video or, or mm-hmm. two videos a week like I was, yeah. um, and just kind of hey, if people have videos, if they have, they want to write, if they this can be a community, you know, uh-huh. and that's it.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I th- like I'm I'm excited to hear that, and I think that's really cool. Um, and nowadays, with like all these donation platforms and stuff like that I think it's a little bit easier like in terms of like to, like like you're saying like you don't have to like run like like overlay ads and stuff like that if you're doing that you know you could get people who are genuinely like I know for me as like, a consumer like I gladly give money to people who are doing good things you know mm-hmm. like I'm kind of like hey if someone has a film project out like you know like okay I could get it for free but like if it's something I believe in that they did Here's a 20 bucks I don't give a shit like it's not a big deal you know and I think more people should think that way it should be like especially with film should be like look just it's fine just give the 20 30 bucks like who cares yeah. because if like a hundred of thousand people do that you make a decent penny at least it pays
7: for it Yeah. You know? yeah at least it pays for the hosting fees and, and you know it would be cool to have a little pool for filmmakers or photographers to kickstart their project and we have it on quarter or whatever mm-hmm. to support the community yeah so i think it you know i it just got to the point where hearing enough people say give me feedback i was like it would be selfish to shut it down you know? yeah
0: please don't and i'm glad that you're bringing it back because i think it's awesome and uh if you need any help from like what i do like i'd totally be down to like do stuff for it it'd be kind of fun yeah um uh now going back to the island earth thing, um, took up three years of your life. It's a really powerful documentary, I think. I think the beauty of it is the storytelling that you do behind it. I also think it's very informative because I think the thing that was interesting for me, and I always recommend people to watch it for this, is that there's this big GMO debate, right? And like, people know the term GMO, it's like one of these big terms, but like, no one knows really what it means. Like, and I think you illustrated both sides of it. Like, Saving the Papaya, you know, thing in Hawaii, it's like a version of GMO where it's like, actually that's a positive thing. Like, you know, like another example of like positive GMO things are like what happened with like, um, the wine grapes in France. And like, what is it? 1920s? Like basically like they had that crazy, um, fungus that attacked their, their, all the vineyards and all the vineyards were dying. And then they realized that the only plants that are immune to it are Amer- naturally American grapevines. And so they splice them and that's what saved all the vineyards and like bordeaux and stuff like that like it's positive but then the other end of it is like genetically modifying seeds to be resilient to these pesticides that kill weeds but then get into the water affect people and stuff like that um so i think it was you know for me like i, I always recommend people to see the film because i'm like it, it's both ends of the spectrum like so you understand what you're talking about when you have a conversation with someone how important was it for you to kind of like take that kind of like overall stance where you show all this information to people?
7: Well, I think that's what took a lot of the time because it's a really contentious issue Mm -hmm. and it's been misconstrued, I think intentionally for a really long time. And um, I'm not a scientist, so it took a lot of research and help. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was really important. I, I think that We've been modifying our food for a really long time and into whatever technologies that were at our hands, and now with CRISPR um, being a new gene editing tool that's even more exact than the kind of the virus-style GMO um, that we've had for the last decade and a half, um, it's it's going to be more and more a part of daily life of where we're going. And um, But I think that technology... We're living in an interesting time in which like technology is simultaneously vilified and it's also like science is 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 science and technology are vilified on both sides, you know, like the climate change mm-hmm. issue and 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 not believing in that or you know GMOs or or chemtrails or all these different things where people are kind of reacting to that in kind of a Luddite fashion, you know, and I think that it's, um, I think that I, I completely understand why I think that we've, our regulatory agencies have lost their teeth and in a lot of ways they're betraying us for big business. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that parsing that out and understanding, um, what is a technology and what is, um, an industry are, are two very different things like it's for me it's akin to something like a nuclear power where in the abstract nuclear power can be great right it could be awesome but how do we use nuclear power you know right. are we putting it on the coast or we are we at the current thing it is now are we left or are we do we have radioactive leftovers that mm-hmm. we're going to dump out at sano i mean there's these repercussions who knows if the next iteration of it Uh, will be better Um, I mean I'm always cautious of humans playing God and and, I think as, as we should be but I think that when you're in a capitalist environment a Darwinistic economic model that is all about progress as quickly as possible without foresight and you know throwing culture under the bus culture defined as taking care of resources and other people for the long term mm-hmm. I think it can it can be um, disastrous
0: do you think I mean I, I, I know what the answer is going to be but you think we're pretty much in that kind of like cycle now in the United States and the world
7: um, I don't know I mean I I think that I'm not fearful and I'm not apprehensive I think that we're going to. There's gonna be a change because I just like. It's not. You know, this is like an overused term, but it isn't sustainable. Like what we're doing, the foundations of our society <coughs> are are based on infinite growth in a finite planet. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just not gonna. It's you know. It's it's not gonna continue. And what that looks like, how that breaks down. I don't know. Um, I have my guesses, but I think it's going to break down to be better eventually. Mm -hmm. Who survives? I don't know. How many people survive? If it's just an atrophying of population because it's too expensive for people to have kids, maybe. If it's um, a war, you know, because people are competing over resources. If it's a disease, if it's a lack of food... And violence. I mean, who who knows? But it's definitely it's gonna do a big cutback, you know. But then there'll be
0: something else, something better, yeah, yeah. or something else. <clears throat> so it's almost like scorching the earth to like make the plants grow.
7: I guess, yeah, I guess. I mean, <coughs> I hope. I hope. I'm also <coughs> hopeful that we will. I don't think. I think it's like the ver- vision of the future is very much in two camps. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like we're going to invent our way into a utopia or it's we're going to doomsday apocalyptic mm-hmm. scenario kind of thing and i think it's going to be both i mean we're going to there's going to be areas in which it's technology is going to solve problems and mm-hmm. it already has yeah but then there's going to be areas where shit breaks down mm-hmm. you know
0: well that's a scary thing like you bring up the nuclear energy thing and like you know like electric cars as an example like electric cars like everybody's like oh they're great there's no fossil fuels and all this stuff but it's like where's the electricity
7: coming from it's bullshit
0: yeah and what are the chemicals in the batteries and where's that going to be dumped up? like it's like kind of like we've run into this thing as a human race a lot of times with energy especially energy like the nuclear the electric car thing like there's always like i always equate it to like the milk thing for me it's the milk thing right like when people talk about consuming milk right and they won't talk about putting milk in their coffee, like as an example. I'm like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? If you use almond milk, right, you're basically crushing so many almonds just to make this much almond milk, right? So there's a bad side to it. If you're using soy milk, there's this bad side to it. If you're using cow's milk, there's this bad side. There's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it seems like with energy, that's like one of the biggest things. like. No matter, like, okay, we're going to install windmills. Okay, where did the chemicals come to make those windmills? Okay, are you displacing nature for those windmills? Like, like you know, that's a big thing in Hawaii, too, like the windmills. Like, that's like, you know, people are like, no, fuck this shit. <laughs> we're over it.
7: It's kind of, it's like, we're... It, it Yeah, we're, we've lost ecological, we've lost a baseline of ecological literacy of how to, you know, of what sustainability is. We yeah. don't even know. Like, the recycling is another great example. Like, oh, I'm going to recycle... This bottle. Well, what does that really mean? Well, it's going to get shipped to China, Uh to then be done. Who knows? To then get shipped back to us. Like that's recycling. That that actually is recycling.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's like crazy. That's like ridiculous. Like no, no, and and that's the thing. Like we put these like we put these terms. Like you know. Like, that's, that's why I bring this up. Like, with the GMO thing, like, you did a really good job of, like, explaining, explaining that, like, both sides of it. Like, these terms of, like, oh, it's recycled plastic. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And then, but then if you do the research, like, you know, like the electric car, I always bring up, like, people are like, well, I have a Prius. And I'm like, really? Like, you think that's really like, hey, let's really do the research of, like, down the line where this electricity is coming from, kind of thing. It's kind of like a damned if we do, damned if we don't. But I guess, at the same token, the most basic concept of, sustainability with like food and energy and stuff like that is something that's so easy to understand and yet we just don't do it right we just like like don't use so much like underuse and like the basic concept like before you even like think about using a something why not not use it you know figure out something else I mean you brought up the thing about like hey I don't I didn't want to start a clothing company because there's enough clothes that's like a common sense like you know what I mean that's like, like it's in front of us like we don't need technology to tell us that, you know
7: kind of thing yeah i mean i don't I don't know if there's any easy solution moving forward i think i've being in the activist world for a long time, I feel like i don't know a long time whatever it's been like six years but for my life that's a good amount of time mm-hmm. um, and i don't like I take comfort like what you're saying in the hilarity of our disconnection yeah, and I don't think. That any of the problems that we face today are gonna get solved tomorrow. It took many generations mm-hmm. to get here, and I find that a lot of people who rally and try to be on the right side of things mm-hmm. are just banging their heads against the wall mm-hmm. because it's gonna take many generations to get back. Yeah. And who dies and what hap- what civilizations fall in that time mm-hmm. we don't have complete control over. Mm-hmm. We can like listen You know to the natural rhythms i think that that's where surfing for me has been valuable it's given me i feel like in the people that i've watched an innate pattern recognition that it that can help people but even that i mean what does that mean you know what cycle of what micro undulation of a larger pattern um are we in but i think like exactly what you said man it's 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 so big and we're so far down this road that you just gotta enjoy life and be kind Mm -hmm. because it makes you happy it makes me me, makes me happy to be kind
8: yeah
0: I mean and that's again a basic principle right a basic principle of humanity like if you put good out you'll get good back like but don't put good out to to like the thought that you're gonna get good back do good for yourself like you know like you're saying be kind that makes you feel good so it's like like as basic a concept is as like opening a door for someone right that always makes me feel good I don't care if they say thank you or not like because I know in the back of my mind if someone did that for me like it'd make me happy like you know if I have like a lot of groceries in my hand and someone's like hey I'll help you with that bag like it's those basic things I think we need to kind of do a little bit more in this world you know
7: yeah I mean I think it's like investing right a lot of people invest in monetary stuff but I think if you don't if you don't invest in doing good things for other people Mm -hmm. you're just not going to be happy like it just that's the cost of being happy Mm -hmm. it's as simple as that and if you don't want to be happy then don't give who who doesn't want to be happy though some
0: some people generally don't which is kind of scary like like isn't that the basic of like like existence like as an animal besides like being able to sustain yourself like you want to have a smile on your face like you want things to be easier like
7: I'm at the point where the people that don't want to be happy good for them that works for them yeah that's cool but the majority of people do so therefore majority of people are pretty kind do you think um,
0: your filmmaking is kind of like that's a big part of it like a kind of like you try to put that in, in your filmmaking
7: um like what do you mean
0: like just that like like a message of like hey look like just like you know be kind to each other um
7: I mean, I think I'm trying to find like truth and in, in whatever I do, and um, yeah, I want to do put things out there that I feel good about because it feels important, and I want to have, I want to be doing and learning and have living a life that feels like it has meaning, you know. So I search for meaning in my films, and and at the end of the day. Um, I try to look for people who are happy and being around them and conveying that message makes me, you know, like slightly more happy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. That, that makes sense. Um, now going uh, to, to the film stuff, what uh, what projects do you have coming up that you're working on?
7: Man, I have very little stuff. I mean, I'm always doing short videos for Guayaquil. i head had a, a, a work with them to make films. Uh-huh. Um Yerb, yerba mate company, the yellow cans, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm working on a couple like an experimental nature film. Oh, that, cool! And the music's made by a woman who hooks electrodes up to plants and runs them through a Moog synthesizer and like plays oh, whoa. Plant music. And I shot it with my buddy on a fancy cameras and raw drones and all these things. So that's gonna come out in a couple mu- or a month or so that I'm excited about. Um, you know I might I don't have any like big basically I turned around after Island Earth and I was like holy crap I've <laughs> spent the last like th- literally 16 years of my life n- always having a frantic project yeah you know yeah and overlapping jobs on other things and going yeah I can make it work yeah and I just, I'm just I'm burnt. do you like I need a break I, yeah, I just want to surf. Yeah. I want to do the jobs. I have three jobs. I have a startup sunblock company called Monda. Yeah. I work for Guayaquil. I still ride for Reef. Yeah. I ride You for, have enough. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> I'm thinking about starting Cordura again. Like, shit. That's I just enough. want to go surfing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, where's the surf time coming? Now, speaking about the sunblock company, how did you... What made you want to start that? And when did you start that?
7: Yeah, well, that was... My dad had skin cancer pretty serious skin cancer oh, okay and he was mr um beach all day copper tone sport you mm-hmm. know the gnarliest one and i was also at the same time i started cooking for myself and making a lot of my own stuff uh from paranoia like things that were in in the ingredients of what we used and um those turned into quarter like corduroy videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, know, I know. And one of the corduroy videos and it's still online is like how to make your own sunscreen. Yeah. And we did like two ones I was two two ones I was most excited about was how to make your own surf wax. Uh-huh. Like organic surf wax and then organic sunscreen. Yeah. And organic surf wax sucked. Yeah, it did. It, it, it sucked and it was expensive and it was hard.
0: No, because I remember seeing that video I was like, oh, I could do this and then when I started looking at ordering the, the parts where I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do this. Yeah, and
7: it's like slides <laughs> off. It just totally sucks. So, but the sunblock uh-huh. was like, that I was making was like incredible. Mm-hmm. And it was literally pennies on the dollar for what I'd pay. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, bird, try it Um and, uh, and so, yeah, I just made more, more sunblock. And then my buddies. Um, wanted to start a Sunblock company and they invited me to be a founder and part of it uh-huh. I'm really proud of the product that we have now I think it is you know my, my, my goal was to make a Sunblock that somebody like that was at that I thought the, the the opportunity for Sunblock is that you could make something that is the highest performing Sunblock out there or a highest a really high-performing product that's incredibly um, environment and incredibly natural Mm -hmm. it doesn't have a bunch of crap in it Mm -hmm. and i thought you know there's very few products i think that exist like that like a lot of the chemicals in things are actually make them better yeah and with sunblock if you don't mind seeing it on your face like that's you're fine yeah stuff's insane
0: yeah it's i mean i know um from some research and uh just some personal knowledge that i guess like one of the things too is that you uh what i've heard is that you can't go over uh, 50s 50s spf that's the ceiling. Yeah, that's it. As, without it being a chemical blocker. Like physical blocker, you go to 50. Right. That's like kind of like the, like that's why oxybenzone and all that other stuff, like where that came from. Like it's like they needed it to go that extra route. But it's kind of funny when you look at the research, it's like, it's like okay, 30 SPF does 93% protection and 50 SPF does like 95. And then like 100 only does like 97. Like you're not really gaining that much on those for the cost of the chemical in the way. Like, it's not, like, worth the health. Huh.
7: I, I didn't know the difference. I didn't know that, that, that the, the 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 ceiling on 50, on natural um, sunblock was 50. All I know is growing up, I could never put Coppertone Sport mm-hmm. on my face and walk away at the end of an entire day and not be burnt, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And uh, there's other companies out there that are making it, too, and it's great, you know? Yeah. So. I mean,
0: I think it's good, too, like... I guess there's you know our everybody's like touting and talking about this you know the 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 ruling in Hawaii that's happening with they're not going to allow oxybenzone um, sunscreens to be sold after 2021 unless mm-hmm. you have a prescription yeah kind of thing I mean people are still going to be able to bring it in that's like the other ruling kind of thing um, the thing that's you know and this goes back to like a lot of information being out there which I think is interesting you know they're all basing it on the Dr Down study right that he did in a lab and stuff like that and um, you know. There's so much information, misinformation when it comes to like organic and healthy stuff that sometimes it gets a little crazy, right? And like people like will pin, you know, they'll pin a cause on like one kind of study and stuff like that. Um, was obviously you started this sunblock company like years ago, right? Yeah, so like this, this was you just wanted something that was natural, that felt good, that didn't have to have all these chemicals in and stuff like that. It's kind of scary to me now with like some of this other stuff. Like you look at a non-GMO issue too, that a lot of companies are just like kind of like really profitizing off of that kind of stuff really fast. Like they jump on it and they're like boom. I wonder how soon you'll see these big companies, like the major pharma companies, kind of jump on it too. You know? It's kind of, it's I think of- they
7: will, and I think that yeah, people, there's like a reactionary thing about like natural and organic and an, an assumption that it's always better for you mm-hmm. that i think is its own industry you know? yeah yeah and it's filled with misinformation mm-hmm. like ear candles and shit like that by the way ear candles don't fucking work yeah <laughs> it's like total pseudoscience like yeah the, the residue you see on the inside is yeah. the freaking wax itself yeah <laughs> like, and no the,
0: and that's the thing that i break up like you go into like these health food stores you know these high-end health food stores and there's i think You know, a lot of times they're selling you like this stuff that's kind of like total BS, like hasn't been tested, like like a sunblock thing. Like, I'm really nervous with the sunblock thing that like there'll be companies, like people, mom and pop people, like out of their kitchens on Etsy selling shit that's not protecting like skin cancer. I mean, you had your father who had it, I've had a grandmother who's had it. Like, it's a real fucking issue, you know, kind of thing. And I would hate to see that people are just buying random stuff. They're like, oh, it's made from you know. Corn husks and like it, and it's like it never been tested, you know. That's what's scary that's what's scary for me on the other end of it. Like everybody there's a trend to like eat better. There's a trend to use better products, there's a trend to like blah blah blah. And sometimes I'm scared that there's people out there like profitizing on it based on like, like you said, pseudoscience. Like they're kinda like
7: Yeah. Well I think I think definitely nutrition is like that. I think that the the skincare thing is pretty straightforward, man. Like if you can see Something if you rub something on that stays on your body mm-hmm. it doesn't wash off yeah and it it makes it harder to see your own skin mm-hmm. like that's doing a lot and if it's something like it's like, manga, it's like yeah it's like yeah. it's like it's covering your skin yeah whereas the other thing it's like soaking into your body and doing something in there to make it so that yeah it's not you're not being affected by the most elemental thing on earth yeah. You know like I don't know just common sense to me no again
0: and this goes back to common sense right like it's kind of a thing like you know like hey like you brought up a good point if it's covering your skin it's blocking in for something it's like wearing a shirt right like when a shirt like they have like you know now they have a lot of um, swimwear is kind of like they have like an SPF rating on it which is great for like I have a kid like so I know so it's like okay she's gonna go to the pool put the long sleeve thing on it's SPF 50 you know like I don't have to worry about like and with the sunscreen thing like I don't care if she looks white as a ghost. Like, I don't care. Like, if she looks white as a ghost and she's not going to look cute in a picture, I don't give a shit. She's not getting skin cancer. I'm fine with it. I think a lot of people are like, they want the health, but they want the convenience, right? They want this like, kind of like, okay, like I'm protecting myself from the sun, but like, I still want to like, look okay. Like, no, it's like, this is the shit we got to deal with, you know? So with your surfing, how much time do you get to surf now?
7: Um, I, I live up north and I live about two hours from the ocean. Okay. So I'll Whoa. yeah. So I'll take my van and look at swells and winds and uh-huh. stuff and then go for 2 or 3 days. Okay. Uh, yeah, cuz you have that
0: van that you convert you made that video of which is really cool like converting it into like your like living office.
7: Yeah, it's nice and it was cost cost effective for me and um, And so yeah, I mean I I don't know, like 4 to 6 times a month probably. Uh-huh. For okay. the last few years and um if that, I mean, lately it's been like that, but before then it was less, and um, I'm just starting to go get back into surfing more. Uh-huh. It Feels really good surfing yeah. like three, four, or five times a week. That's a, that's spending a good more moment. time down here and visiting friends on the coast.
0: Uh-huh. And how long are you da- gonna be down here in California?
7: Uh, another. I don't. I don't really know. I I have like my near-term schedule is is up in the air as it's been since okay. I can remember.
0: Okay. Um, out of all the places you've surfed in the world, what's your favorite place to surf and why?
7: Oof. Um, I don't know. I like Latin America, from Mexico to Peru to Chile, mm-hmm. and all the laughs in there. And then there's just, you know, great food. You get out and you get ceviche yeah. and yeah, the tacos and the whole vibe. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um, who, in closing, who do you want to thank that's helped you along the way?
7: Devin Howard has always been there for me. Um, my dad for pushing me you know, into my first wave and then pushing me to pursue this lifestyle, which has been really difficult but you know really fruitful. Um, and my mom for driving me to the beach all the time. <laughs> yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank. And and I yeah I gotta thank Reef too. I mean they've been. They've allowed me to do a lot of amazing stuff the last six years. Who
0: else is on the Reef team that like longboards?
7: Oh, it's a Mike Lay, uh, uh-huh. Victoria Vergara. Uh, uh-huh. Those are the two. Mike's a great surfer from England, uh-huh. um, just a really all-around great guy. And then, then Victoria's from Union Island. Uh-huh. So we were all down at Maxi Log Logfest. Oh, so
0: the whole that whole crew, that's pretty awesome. Yeah,
7: we all kind of went. I mean, they've been going for a couple years, uh-huh. um, but it was just... It's good, you know. It's good to see not only them but everybody part of this culture who is down there, and it's it's been inspiring to see how like where the kids have taken longboarding and like those
0: San O kids. Oh, they're incredible! <laughs> they're like yeah. insane. They're incredible. Like, it's like I always tell people like if you want to see like really good longboarding, like just go any day to San O, and like those kids that are there are like fucking ripping They're amazing. we have a couple of them in a the video that we have coming out um, oh, cool um, so I'm like kinda excited like I love I love hearing about them uh, alright awesome well thanks for joining us and uh, yeah get this up live
7: thank you
0: thanks so much to Cyrus for sitting down with us and uh, talking about what he's been working on what he wants to be working on um, and some environmental issues I know you know, there's a lot of, with the environmental stuff, um, you know, when it comes to personal care items, plastic straws, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of scientific research that goes both ways, but mostly it's just common sense on a lot of stuff. You know, it's, it's like that, that eating thing that I've read about years and years ago. If you can't, you know, if you buy something to eat and you can't pronounce the first five ingredients on the box, you shouldn't be buying the product. And that's just common sense. And I think the same goes for a lot of other stuff that you put on your skin, you put on your face that you use every day. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, I try to do my best. You know, Obviously I have a family and a little girl and I want her to be as healthy as she can. So I try to keep her away from that stuff. But anyway, I'm not going to bore you to death with my family philosophy and environmental uh, mumbo-jumbo that some people (laughs) don't get into. Um, I'm just going to get into some tracks again, and then I'm going to check in with you guys in a little bit to talk about the Beach Boy Stands. Peace!
2: You want dance floor right now. All my I just on the ground. You want to dance floor right, right now. now. Yeah. We about to get it poppin' in this sky. Remy, I already told y'all what it is, man. One. Swizzy, Swizzy, that gon' make me One.
5: Won't fit her. The only reason I hit her, she kept talking greasy. Little jump skis, but ask somebody who I be. See, I'm all to the all easy. It's midsummer, me. got on long sleeves, cause my arms is freezing. I hit flop for no reason. See, I got money, but it's always raw and season. Yeah, see, hip hop needs me. The beats are swiss, the girl is sick, and please believe that I'm a starter. See, every damn day I ball. My dreams is blue and gray, like Cleeton Hall. Tell my right hand up, put your left hand up, put your right hand up, put your, right hand up. Put your left hand up. Put your right hand up, put your left hand up, put your right hand up, man, your... man, it's poppin'. Whatever, whatever, poppin'. Whatever, poppin'. Whatever, 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 no whatever, poppin'. What poppin'? whatever, whatever, T- religion... Listen, T.N.T. Ram is a monster, I'm a rapper, MVP, the star on the roster, officially a boogie down bronxer, never swatted the Brady Bunch and I ain't Marsha, hot spit so butter, they should call me Marjorie and I ain't gotta be once as long as I'm in charge, then whatever I say goes. So if I say no, don't ask my soon, it's because I say so. I'm doing too long, ain't nothing mean to me. I, I run through your little gated community. You know how the girl be. I'm a showstopper. I'll give it to you early before the close. Put your right hand up. Put your left hand up. Put your right hand up. Put your left hand up. Put your right hand up. Put your left hand up. them all night. Treat them just like old. Night. It's whatever. Like a full on blazing. I'm hotter than and work at the daisy. People try to make hits and make people bop. I make hits and glaze and people get shot. Shot Put your right hand up. Put your left hand up. Right hand got a left hand got a cut. And you already know the rules don't apply to us. We to do what we do. It's whatever the Go. Driving backwards, done a one with a big in a hypnotized video. make this thing in your stereo, turn it higher, high Now everybody likes to light then. Put your right hand up, put your left hand up. Put your right hand up, put your left hand up. Put your right hand up, put your, your, right your left hand up. Put your right hand up.
9: Be wondering, yeah, how did y'all niggas get past me? I've been doing this before nights dropped the nasty. My waddles, I did them up. Them bricks, I sent them up. My raps, I bit them up. For that, now stick them up. 10-4, good buddy, Tone got his money up. Worth million, still back your bitch. Looking for me, what? you staring at the angel with death. Lying, lying, pants on fire. You burning up like David Correct. This is architect music, verbal uh. street opera, pop tech man. Fluid got the projects moving indeed. I ran through the tunnel, terrorized speed. That's when I was still in the jungle. Slinging
2: that D. Get out my face.
9: Still- shoty one key shit
10: I'm licensed what everybody want to know if I spit my own hits come to any session any song in question drop 48 new bars on spot like remixes all hoes do is add on my words like prefixes roll thorough bitches deep south from three sixes think way past cats ideas of mad riches phone number bank account they going match in time what Nine 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 nine. and punch lines. My best thoughts at crunch time. I drop cats front part two, three months. You want hot shit, pop shit, or some toxic underground gossip? Nah, nah, I like shit. What? Charlie Baltimore, Charlie Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pluck, 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 my crew is untamed. The commission <laughs> get it right. Charlie
8: Baltimore, Charlie
10: <laughs> Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. 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 my crew is yeah The commission. Uh. Yeah, now everybody wanna know the price, right? Those salt them for gazes, in other words, beat Milton. they ice, lyrically twice. Most of grab cats. so if I dish ya, better had them 48, master, mister, or missus. vicious. teamin' BMO with primo, jackpot like slots in LV, Reno, casinos. I'll play ginger, but I don't need no D-rugs to T-hugs, niggas wanna see us fall off. Only thing we do is ball off, if it's B, Anything you do is call off, talk about offs, please, we gotta sewed up, when we got shows where you at, don't even show up, niggas need to grow up, step they flow up, step they diamonds no glow up, and put they dough up, on how I grow up, but know up. catch you on the charlie, you done flown up, the dial tone, huh?
0: Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 35. Hope you've been digging the tracks, Um, trying to mix it up a little bit, trying to do something a little funky. I have a little funky ending for this episode that I'm really excited about, um, so just stay tuned for that. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full episode description for tracklist things, links to things we're talking about. And one of the things I want to talk about this week was the whole situation going down, at with the Waikiki uh, Beach Boys. So if you don't know um, about Waikiki and Hawaiian culture and the culture on Oahu, the Beach Boys are basically the kind of, if you spend time in Waikiki, um, they're the welcoming committee in a lot of ways. They're the people who are giving you your surf lessons. There are people taking you out on canoe rides. they have a rich history from the turn of the century. Uh, Matt Warshaw has like a good description of it that I'm gonna link to. That kind of gives you a little rundown of the history. You know, it's a very, it's a very rich history, and I think a really important part of visiting Hawaii is you know learning stuff from locals, and that's exactly what they are. Well, recently, uh, the city of Honolulu gave the permit for the beachfront services to a company called Dive Oahu, run by Brian Benton. And they've gotten a lot of heat because, because of that um, permit, uh, Hawaii Ocean's Waikiki and Star Beach Boys of Kahua Beach can't operate there. And those guys are, they trace their lineage directly to the original Beach Boys of you know 1910, of the Duke, of Rabbit, all those guys, they are true Hawaiians. And Brian Benton, just like myself, is a visitor to the island and trying to take over that business. Now, I think that's a huge problem and a lot of locals are pissed off. And my opinion on it is, you know, it's for me, I could equate it to things that I saw happen in New York where, you know, you have these local businesses that have been there for years that are the culture and the vibrancy of Uh, a community so let's say you know pizza restaurants and bakeries and stuff like that and more and more people start coming in landlords start getting greedy they wind up jacking rents up they wind up trying to get corporations in because corporations will pay more money and those bakeries pizza shops you know pasta places that i grew up on disappear because they can't pay rent anymore you know and that whole aspect of the culture and community is gone and then what you have moving in that becomes a culture which basically wipes out what was there this is sort of that thing for, as far as i can tell you know from looking at it you know i obviously spend a bit of time in oahu mostly on the north shore but um you know i understand how rich the culture is there and you know i tell i have this like email that i send out to everybody whoever wants to go and i don't claim to be like an expert by any means but what i do is i basically point people out to the locals that are the experts whether it be the restaurants whether it be you know the surfing coaches whether it be people to take you on sightseeing trips it's all people that i have met over the years that are locals and i think if i went there and tried to open up a dive shop or try to open up like a fishing fleet it would be the stupidest fucking thing in the world you know, and it wouldn't be right. And Brian Benton is basically doing that. Now, the one thing I love about Hawaii is, and this is one of the reasons I love it there, and it reminds me a lot of like, there's so many similarities with how I grew up in Brooklyn, you know, the community has banded against these guys. So you have people like the Hui that are posting videos on Instagram, shaming these people, shaming people that are going to work for them, which I think is pretty bold, but I, I gotta be honest, I sort of agree with it. Like, I don't think you should, you know, Yeah, these people, people want to put food on their table, but like, you know, if they don't go work for Dive Oahu, Dive Oahu will be decimated and then they could come back in. You know what I mean? So I love what, you know, um, Eddie and the boys from Dahui are doing on their Instagram account to kind of be like, you know, fuck you, get the fuck off our beaches. You don't belong here. You're not going to teach other people about it. And which is rightfully so. Like, I don't want to learn about Hawaiian culture from like, uh, a professor that wasn't born there. I want to learn from people that are, were like born and raised there, who've lived it, who have generational ties, whose you know, parents have taught them stories, who've shown them things and stuff like that. Not someone who gets like a guide back. I think one of the things too, a lot of people are you know worried about is just that these people they're hiring don't know anything. As an example, like the who posted a bunch of uh, videos of people putting on long boards backwards, like pff, basic things. And these are the people that are supposed to be giving surf lessons. Like that's a little scary. And, you know, as a surf culture thing, like do you wanna show people the wrong way to do something the first time they're on a board or do you wanna show them the right way to do something? And I think you wanna show them the right way, you know? So can you imagine like these surf instructors like just basically treating these surf lessons like it was a yoga class? Like, no, you know, like I'm, I'm proud to say that the person who I've learned to surf from a lot and who I consider kind of like a surfing coach, like I see him every year. And, you know, we, we surf like on the North Shore and he, he's like a surf guide that takes me around and shows me where I'm fucking up, and where I need to improve. But, you know, he's he was one of the beach boys, you know, and I learned so much more about the culture and the environment and all that stuff than like, you know, how to do a cutback you know and for that that's i think that's more valuable in the long run so i mean we put i have a couple of links to stories things you can check out you know, what can we do as as a society? You know, basically tell people not to support Dive Oahu. I'm not telling you to go out there and shame Brian Benton. I think there's enough of that going on. I mean, if you look at his Instagram account, like the comment section is like ill. Like people are just like, that's the thing with social media. Like if you fucking piss people off, like they're going to get after you like bad. And people have gotten bad against Dive Oahu and Brian Benton. But what I say is, you know, let the dollar speak. Let the money speak, and in that way, tell your friends not to support these businesses. Don't support these businesses, you know? Make it so it's unprofitable for them. You know, the same thing they're trying to do to, you know, Hawaiian, Oceans, Waikiki, and the beach, the other beach boys, why don't we do that to them? Why don't we just basically make it financially impossible for them to do business, and they're gonna have to leave, and then the, the original people could come back. I think it's important because if you push little bits and pieces of cultures away all those little bits and pieces add up and then you basically don't have anything that's rich and vibrant and I think the big reason a lot of us go visit these places is because the cultures are so beautiful rich and vibrant and it's based on history it's not based on some falsehood and I think you know things like D- dive Wahoo and Brian Benton are based on a lot of falsehoods to be honest but enough about that uh, I want to get back into the program, get back into the tracks, because like I said, I have a kind of funky ending at the end that I want to get to. Um, So I'm going to leave you with some more tracks, and then I'm going to check you out in a little bit for some short takes. Peace!
3: Tackle in your pockets And when you want to chill you find something on
11: capacity. I got tenacity because I have to be the brother who must live and give with much insight foresight to ignite, excite and delight. And you might gain from it or feel pain from it because I'm ultimate and I'm about to let off. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, truth, truth. So won't you throw a hand in the air? Put up a peace sign and please find it. Throw a feeling good, we should we good, we would stop. Think for a moment, okay? And then sway. Well, I convey that we must do away with all the stress and the strikes. So God bless your life. Use kindness and never blindness. And you will find that this perspective is best. Check it out. These are the words that I manifest. I'm out.
12: Direct mechanisms, immune to disease I defeat organisms that are waiting in my path I overstep the critters, give your ass the willies And your moms and get the jitters Critters turn to losers, losers all forgotten in my core with hopes that I'll stop rocking Never will that happen, only if it is permitted Wait, I think somebody it. I guess it will be me, cause I'm the only one I'm seeing I go for what I know, doing a show for human beings Always try to lead Joe devil, all I follow Blowing up the spot like Fred. Like this, I got limits to go
0: what is up everybody we are back with volume 35 of the bodega border crew podcast hope you guys have been enjoying the kind of random mix of the tracks got a little remy ma in there um it was her birthday the other day we did a little post about that i kind of i dig remy (laughs) remy's like kind of kind of crazy i know there's been like a lot of tabloid shit with her i love that about like new york city rappers like there's always beefs you know (laughs) like it's kind of it's kind of funny and fun um But I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 35. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, Bodega Border Crew podcast, as well as our full episode description on your iTunes player, where we have track listings and uh, we have links to things we're talking about. And uh, things we're talking about this week on the short takes are kind of fun. The first short take I have is a link to a video clip that someone posted um, from the duct tape uh, that happened last week, or a week and a half ago, uh, that Andy Niblis won. Uh, it's not an official video, it's someone was there, was just shooting video. Um, I think it, it's decently long video. This is the thing that kinda annoys me about the duct tape, like you don't see any real footage of it till like way, way, way after, like Vans will put something out that they edit. Um, so sometimes you just gotta kinda scrounge around and find stuff. I've randomly stumbled upon this clip and I post a link to it. Uh, check it out. The wave looks, for me, it looks really fun. Um, I don't know. It it, it was definitely sizable and it looks like a lot of fun. Um, A lot of our boys are serving there um, Levi, uh, some of the other crew uh, that have been on the show. So check it out when you get a chance and uh, let me know what you think. The second short take I have this week is uh, just the fact that the Deus uh, nine foot and single event is happening right now or by the time you're listening to this has happened. Um, (laughs) The thing that I love. That they're doing uh, with this event that's happening down in Bali, and the beauty of uh, you know social media is that on Facebook, um, on their Facebook page for Deus Bali, they're uh, they're streaming it live, you know, uh, through some phone or something on a stationary camera, and you can see what's going on. It's not absolutely perfect, but you get the vibe. And again, I'm so jealous of this event every year because they have a film night. They have a fish fry where they're they have like a little like twin fin fish contest, um, you know, and then they have like the logging contest. Um, The logging contest is happening this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, I believe. Um, So if you get to listen to this episode in time, uh, go to their Facebook page, which we have a link to uh, in this uh, episode description and see if they're streaming some of this stuff. And remember, it's Bali time, so you got to just make sure your time zones are on and uh, hopefully catch uh, some of our crew down there like uh, Rosie Jeffers. The last short take I have this week is um, is this event that's going down in September called the It Does not Not Work Shaper Event in Rockaway, New York. Uh, It's I think it's its fifth year now. And it's a really cool event where it's given the opportunity to a lot of like homegrown shapers to showcase sleds that technically people would think wouldn't work and wind up working you know that's the thing that's interesting about surfboard shaping is that you could put as much science as much aesthetics as you want into it and sometimes there's a happy accident that happens in the shaping room and you go out and try it at your local break and it works for some reason you know you see some of these boards that are coming out like the deepest reaches pizza box and you know some of the other like random stuff in theory, when you look at it out of the water, you'd be like, "No, this isn't gonna work. It's gonna do this funky. It's gonna do that funky. Blah blah blah." But then it winds up working. Uh, and the only way we discover those things if we give opportunities to people to showcase that work and push themselves. And this event uh, really does that. You know, it gives an opportunity for people to submit boards, um, and then also, you know, when the event's going on, to check out boards. So the reason I'm bringing this event up is I think it's really cool. I love alternative craft events like this and if you guys are listening and are homegrown shapers and have some funky thing that you made that you've been surfing that you think is kind of cool and a lot of people haven't you know checked out you should submit to this um, and get some attention and also get some feedback and meet some other shapers so make sure to uh, check out the link that we have in the episode description uh, and uh, yeah submit your shapes Well, that's it for this week. Um, Thank you again for joining us. I've had a lot of fun. Um, I think this interview that I did with Cyrus was a lot of fun. I think some of the things we talked about was a lot of fun. I think some of the tracks we played were a lot of fun. Um, Give you a little status update, what's going on with us. By the time you listen to this episode, uh, Lucy's has had its first uh, sneak peek uh, event at uh, the Salt of the Earth uh, art show that the current... Is putting on in Rhode Island. Uh, really excited. It came down to the wire of us getting this thing done. Uh, we're working on, Lograp and I are working on some uh, premieres to do in California in July, uh, mid ish July. I think what we're shooting for is for doing a San Diego event one weekend, a San Clemente event the next weekend, and then the last weekend would be an event in Los Angeles uh i know we have a couple of sponsors that have jumped on so uh it'll be interesting to see how this develops we'll also have some merch for sale Um, we have some limited edition posters that we're getting printed up beautiful art silkscreen posters and some t-shirts and uh, log wrap and i will have our own uh, shirts and merch to sell as well Uh, so i'm really excited about that Um, but i want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening who's been supporting who's been spreading the word um I know uh, this podcast has its ebbs and flows just like anyone does and I thank everyone for sticking around for the the ride. And yeah, you know, I told you guys that this episode was going to end on kind of a funky wavelength so I have a couple of songs that are heavily influenced by hip hop and hip hop beats and went in a different direction. And stuff that I vibe on, too. You know, a lot of people think that, like, I'm strictly into, like, hip-hop. I'm actually more of, like, an indie rock person more than anything else. I just happen to have an affinity and a love for golden era hip-hop and haven't lived through that era. So I'm always, you know, enamored by music that's influenced by this and that has some sort of feel to it. So these last couple of tracks are really related to that. But we're going to end this episode on uh, my closing words, which are you, no need to bust a craze on a wave. You know, I know lineups are getting crowded. The summer is he- basically here. Uh, Water is getting warmer. I'm actually happy that I haven't had to wear a full suit <laughs> since I've come back. And um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there. We all get in each other's way. We just got to be careful. We got to be respectful. Make sure you communicate. And, you know, smile. You might make a new friend. I know for me, it's like I'm making new friends in the lineup every day by taking the advice that Devin gave me, you know, months ago. And I hope you guys do the same. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I'll see you guys out there. Peace!